Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag NBA. Trying to get it in as Young fell down. Got it into Gallinari on the drive against Hardaway. Off balance. Short. Rebound. Hits the floor. Horn sounds. Game over. And the Mavericks have come from 13 points down in the third quarter and nine points down at the start of the fourth to beat the Atlanta Hawks tonight, 118-117. to Irving. Handling, run a high screen, slits defenders, going to the rim. Underneath with a reverse, and it's good for Kyrie Irving. Montrez, shot and game are just about sick for the time. LeBron ties it at 105. We have no problem playing the national anthem at all. I stand for the national anthem. My hand is always over my heart. We've supported the National Flag Foundation and done work with them. That isn't the issue at all. The, the real issue is how do you how do you express the voices of those who feel the anthem doesn't represent them or causes them consternation? All right, news and highlights from around the league in that montage. You heard multiple games. The one that matters to Jazz fans the most. The Lakers found a way to win again. They beat the Thunder in overtime. That's three straight overtime victories. LeBron had to hit a big shot to get him to overtime with about twenty seconds to go. PK. Both teams what? were shorthanded in this one. LeBron just doesn't let them lose. I mean, we can go through a lot of different things, but LeBron doesn't let them lose. Who was the Thunder short? I don't, I don't follow them enough to know that they were missing guys. Yeah, they were missing uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander. So oh, he's a their man. leading scorer. He has an, uh, a knee injury. And Anthony Davis and Alex Caruso were out for the Lakers. Yeah, they were. LeBron finishes with 25 points, 7 assists, 6 rebounds, and they got 20 out of Montrez Harrell as well. So, Lakers win. They keep rolling. Also, the Clippers beat the Timberwolves 119-112. to Carl Anthony Towns is back. He had tested positive for COVID and been out for a long time. But he's back in the lineup. Kawhi went for 36 there to make sure the Clippers get the W. Also heard the end of the Mavericks-Hawks game. Luka Doncic with a triple-double. 28 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists. And they came from 13 down to win that one. Trey Young upset. That looked like an elbow to the face at the end of the game. I get why he was upset. Incidental contact. Okay. Incidentally, it was his face. Well, then you are at odds with Jeff Van Gundy. I am. (laughs) Oh, That's all right. I'm at odds with Stan Van Gundy on his social stances, so it's okay to be that way. Nuggets blow out the Cavaliers, 133-95. to Paul Millsap had 22 in that one. The Suns beat the Bucks 125-124. We're going to see Milwaukee here pretty quickly. Giannis Antetokounmpo had a big game, and but had a shot to win it right at the end. Missed the shot, and so this victory goes to the Phoenix Suns, who are playing well, sitting in fourth place in the West. Antetokounmpo had 47 points and 11 rebounds in the game. Big night for him. But he missed the game. But yet, in that situation, if I'm Phoenix, I am perfectly content with him shooting a, a, f- a shot that is above 15 feet. And that's with what Devin Booker There's only said. like two and a half seconds to go. And that's just not his game. And you got Middleton, who's a much better shooter. There would have been like three or four guys that I would have preferred if I'm Milwaukee 
to take that shot than Antetokounmpo. Taking a perimeter shot, he's athletic as all get out. We all know that. Phenomenal player. But simply shooting a jump shot from like 15 to 18 feet with the game on the line, yeah, if I'm the opponent, I'm perfectly fine with that. He finished with 47 points, but how often do we see 47-point games with zero three-pointers? He was 0 for 4 from the three-point line. I don't think there are many guys in the league these days who get to 47-point output without making a three-pointer. Probably not. All right, you heard uh, Mark Cuban there. And PK, if you're explaining, you're losing. He can explain a lot of things about how much he likes the anthem, but people just, I think all they hear is, you weren't playing the anthem. And the NBA reiterating its longstanding policy that all teams will play the national anthem. So the Mavericks are playing it again. They hadn't had fans there. They weren't playing the anthem. Uh, it sounds. I mean, Cuban didn't name names, but it sounds like some of his players don't like it, and so he wasn't doing it. And now he can explain a lot, but I think the league office is dealing a lot with the pandemic, and they're like, we, we can't deal with this, too. Just play the anthem. Uh, sure, but yeah, I mean, they, they, they dealt with it over the summer, and the pandemic was going on then, too. Uh, if you have convictions... I don't understand the convictions. Has anything changed? If you listen to some people, we've gotten worse. We're more racist. There's 75 million people who are recorded as racist. And and, and so now everything's better? I, I To me, it doesn't really make any sense. If you've got convictions, stand up for them, or in this case, kneel down for them. You're just going to give in? But is that, that That's what you're telling the NBA sh- that, that they should do? I think he's saying he's being a good partner. I'm asking you, should they, did the NBA just give in? You know, I just don't think they should have started down that path in the first place. Because you're going with symbolism, it's just going to irritate people, and people are going to scream at each other, and it's not going to resolve anything. Nothing and resolves so- anything. People are screaming <laughs> at each other all the time. Well, we got Today and, and at the Capitol, we'll have people screaming at each other. And then and, and your networks will broadcast it for hours on end. I just think if people are going to storm the Capitol and push the cops aside and go in and wave Confederate flags, there's some racism out there. I no don't know. How, I don't know what else to tell you. If you're waving I don't think a Confederate I was asking flag, you to tell me that. <laughs> you <laughs> okay? <laughs> That's obvious. <laughs> so you have to do something about it. I don't want to just accept that, but I don't think that having this battle over the national anthem addresses that. It seems tangential at best. Okay, I don't have any problem with that. But if you have a conviction, why did they go away from it? That's what I'm asking. I mean, they had this big conviction in the summer, right? You saw plenty of them. In fact, if you stood, you were the anomaly. That was a a big issue. And you made news. We can name the three or four people. Was it Miles Leonard and Jonathan Isaac and Coach Popovich were three that stood off the top of my head? And I'm not sure there was many more. So clearly... The overwhelming sentiment was to kneel, right? And life went on. I watched every game that I could. Certainly watched all the jazz games and all that stuff. And I, I, my, I don't understand if you had that conviction. Whether I agree with your conviction or not, I'm not. That's not the point. You had this strong conviction, and now, what has changed? That you no longer have this conviction. 
I think they have the conviction. I don't. Well, uh, not, I can't well, speak. You don't have the conviction to kneel. I mean, <clears throat> right? Uh, but at what point is there diminishing returns from that? You know, you get it calls attention to the problem. You feel like it gets results early on, but at some point, that isn't what's getting results anymore. I mean, what results do you want, and what is going to get the results you want? So the give conviction up. You have. I don't think giving up will get the results you want either. You probably need to alter your approach. But what does that alteration look like? You know, I don't. I don't know that anybody has the answer to that. But I think the NBA's answer is, I don't. Even if they don't know what it is, it isn't that. Well, then why was it that in the summer? Different time, different place. You have to announce there's a problem. But at some point, you've announced there's a problem. Now, what are you going to do to solve the problem? Announcing, continuing to, to announce, hey, there's a problem, doesn't solve the problem. You have to go do something to solve the problem. I don't think the NBA was announcing that there was a problem, though. I mean, we knew that the there players was a problem want, the for players, years. Sure, but the players wanted to, so they worked with them on that. But I think at some point, everyone can agree, there's diminishing returns to that. And it's not solving any of the problems true. Jazz first round draft pick Udoka Azubuike left the game on a stretcher at the start of the G League. The uh, Wizards opened their G League season and he was stretchered off the floor in the fourth quarter. He went up for a shot, landed on the foot of an opponent Amari Spellman of the Erie Bayhawks. He Uh immediately grabbed his right ankle and they stretchered him off the court. So that doesn't sound good. I was watching the game. It was on NBA TV in the middle of the afternoon. Make you squeamish. It looked that bad. Yeah, it was not pretty. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't sure. You, you rarely, I mean, he's such a large human being to begin with, right? And so uh, anytime somebody, somehow, if the bigger you are, when that happens, it, it makes it look like it's worse uh, than if it was somebody my size. And so absolutely, yeah, because I wanted to see Childs and, and Toulson play because uh, one's uh, for the Salt Lake team and Childs is for the other team. So, yeah, I was watching that. It, it's tough in those kind of types of games. I don't know what the extent of the injury is as far as how serious it's going to be. What are the long terms? I haven't heard anything. I don't know if you have. I have not. Uh, but uh, They have not it, announced it, anything. I didn't think they had. I was looking before I went to bed. I didn't see anything. The Jazz didn't put anything out that I'm aware of. But those games are sort of hard for big guys. It seems like those things are more oriented towards the guards. NBA progressing on a plan to incorporate the slam dunk competition into halftime of the All-Star Game, March 7th, State Farm Arena in Atlanta. Three-point shootout and skills competition also expected to be part of the Sunday night event. We'll hear more on that. And at some point, I would think in the next week, two at tops, we'll hear about the schedule for the rest of the season because the schedule only goes through early March and then you have the All-Star Game and at some point, they're going to have to put out the second half of the schedule. I suppose they probably want to hold on to that as long as possible to see if there's more games postponed that they want to they want to work into that. Yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to. They can have half-court shots at All-Stars if that's what they want to do, whatever they want to do. I don't have any problem, nor do I really care either way. don't have it. It makes zero difference for me. But with the way the Jazz are going, I want some... <laughs> Who they playing? That second, that second half schedule has become... Uh, like the biggest thing. I'm wondering if they should do this uh, every year because it's captured my attention. Keep thinking, when are they going to put this thing out so we can look at it and, and, and examine it and 
It's crazy. I never thought I'd be in that position because I'm not a big schedule guy. You're crossing but. me up right now. I got to admit, I did not see this coming. <laughs> yeah, this is this is not PK's. When normal. I reverence schedule, I thought, oh boy, I'm going to hear it. But they play who they play. <laughs> but you've got a good point. Well, here's the thing: they don't play the Clippers in the second half of the schedule because you only play teams outside yeah. your division in the West three times. You play teams in the East twice, and in this shortened schedule, you're going to play three. Well, the Clippers three games are scheduled in the first half. So, assuming that these two games you know, are played as scheduled, then they won't play yeah, the Clippers yeah. again. If if something happens and they can't play one or two of them, then they will be rescheduled. But the Clippers shouldn't be part of that second half. Now, the Lakers should be. There should be two Laker games in there somewhere. And then I'm curious, league-wide, what are they going to do with makeup games? Yeah, I assume they're all going to be plugged into the second half schedule. But you're right, I'm just assuming that. I don't know and it. And so how but is I, it going to be on where along the trip are they going to do that? Because right. they got, they've only got the Washington game, right? Is there others? That have, the Wizards are the only one any? they've had postponed so far. Yeah, so how are they going to put that in there? I assume uh, part Or are they going to put it in there? Well, there is that. I assume because it's just one that they'll make that up. The thing is with the 72-game season, these regional sports networks are counting on getting the full payout. And most of them, I guess, have a clause in it about 70 or 72 games. So they really kind of already decided not to play the ones that don't matter to those sports regional contracts and the big payouts. So, you know, it, it's not a big deal with the Jazz because right now it's one game. But, you know, there are other teams that have missed more than one game. Exactly. Yeah, and so yeah, yeah. I think they've got to work those in. And, you know, are they going to make them play three games in three days or four and five? Because obviously they haven't done three in three days since the 99 lockout when they wanted to wedge games in. No, uh, and plus, too, once they come out with the schedule, then we'll have an idea on the postseason schedule, which exactly. is obviously extremely important. And I want to know, when does that begin? I want to start the countdown. Even though we haven't even gotten to the halfway point, it's what I said yesterday, my body clock tells me we're in the middle of February. It's and I need to start thinking about playoffs and all that. Even though they've only played the 25 games, it seems like they've played more for some reason. I guess it's just because well, every year of my life when we got to this point, you're much further along in the season, and I want to see when the playoffs begin, and I'm figuring that we'll have an exact idea, if not certainly a much better, at the minimum, much better idea when the postseason actually starts. DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. A light schedule, even though it's a Thursday. Uh, a couple of local games here. You got Utah playing Cal. They're in Berkeley, 4 o'clock, Pac-12 Networks. Uh, Cal's bad. 7-14 overall, 2-12 in league. But one of those two wins is against the Utes. And one of those games where the Utes had a lead and blew it and coulda, woulda, shoulda, and all that stuff. Now, Utah's gotten over 500 overall. They're 8-7. and seven. They're almost to 500 in the league. They're 5-6. and six. So can they beat Cal today? They got Stanford on the weekend. And... You know, Stanford's decent. Cal's not. So naturally, they lost to Cal and beat Stanford. Makes no sense, but hey, everything's upside down. What do you want? So we'll see if the Utes can beat Cal, and then uh, if they can do that, then worry about sweeping that trip in the Bay Area with Stanford on the weekend. Also, uh, Weber State, crazy race at the top of the big sky, and they are playing Montana, who is and 4-6 in league. you got a lot of two lost teams at the top of the big sky right now as a jockey for seeding in the conference tournament, assuming that happens. Got, got any expectations for the Utes? Any hopes for the Utes? Or just turn the game on and see what happens because they're so wildly unpredictable. Oh, I'm certainly expecting them to win today. And then uh, Stanford, they've had guys in and out of the lineup. They've got to go down to Santa Cruz to play, or that's where they've been playing. 
So that's a screwy situation for them. So um, Stanford's better than Cal record-wise, but they're not uh, unbeatable by any stretch. And so, yeah, I'm expecting the Utes to at least split, if not sweep. Yeah. If they got swept, yeah. then I'm going to throw my hands up and <laughs> give up. Cal's 2-12. and It's bad enough they lost here. They're, uh, they've won two in a row and four out of six in Pac-12 play. But after beating Stanford here and then to lose to Cal, that was, that was a weird week. Uh, and then any advice here for Utah State and for BYU? Because obviously they both have long layoffs, and you'd like to schedule a game and plug it in. We saw that in football with obviously BYU and Coastal Carolina, and we've seen it in basketball too. But they both got the NCAA tournament, you know, strength of schedule, net rating, all that stuff to protect. And there aren't that many teams in the West they can play, and some of those teams have games scheduled. So is it worth it to go out and play some team that's, I don't know, four or seven or whatever games under 500? I mean, just playing anybody because you want a game doesn't seem to make a lot of sense given the way the selection committee works. I don't know that anybody is available, so I'd have to see who that anybody is. But you'd be choosy? Uh, Kids like to play. And I wouldn't be that concerned about net rating in this that that's your thing that's not my thing i don't speculate on that if you deserve to get in there's 64 teams that get in 68 68 actually so uh if you if you're one of the better ones you'll get in so that's i don't i'm not a joel and guy i don't look at any of that stuff kids like to play and if you can get a game go ahead and play the game if you can't don't use it as an excuse the next game if you should lose be mentally tougher than that dj and pk Hashtag NFL. I cannot take credit for any of this. We have the best coaching staff in the NFL, and we damn sure got the best players in the NFL. And anybody that says running back, all right, that's Kansas City's. We're going for two. All right, we're going for two, and we ain't stopping. We're going to keep this band together, and they know how to win. Bruce Arians as Tampa Bay celebrates their Super Bowl title. The headline seems to be that Tom Brady threw the Lombardi Trophy off a boat to another boat. His teammate Cameron Brate caught it. That was the best catch of my life, Brate said. Unbelievable. Best catch of my life. If I dropped that, I think I would have had to retire. Sounds like one of those Stanley Cup celebrations where they, they all get in the limo and they leave the Stanley Cup on the sidewalk and drive away or they throw it and it ends up at the bottom of a pool. There's all kinds of crazy weird stories about the Stanley Cup. Seems like that's what that boat parade devolved into. Okay. What was that? Bruce Aarons was swearing there? I couldn't figure out what was beeped out. Uh, I don't know exactly what was beeped out. Yach, did you beep it out or did it come in beeped out? I know what he said because of the filtered quote, and it's a certain uh, reference to a certain function. Okay, then. Well, longtime Houston, Texas president James Roots has resigned his position with the team, continuing a massive overhaul inside the franchise. Roots reported he did not like the direction the Texans organization with executive VP Jack Easterby was going. Roots' input on a new GM hire was not valued or counted, prompting him to leave after a 20-year run in Houston. And we we know franchises get messed up, PK, and you can usually see it in the, in the win-loss record, and they get down and they stay down. They don't go through the normal cycles we expect. But this is, uh, this is a spectacular soap opera here in the Texans' front office. What are they doing? And I don't think the Houston Texans have been down that much. They haven't. They know they've been a playoff team right up until. But it started with the uh, trade of their star wide receiver, and then the coach is out, and then the quarterback is saying he wants out. 
the president is resigning. I mean, guys, get it together. But you're right, they weren't coming off a string of 4-12s. and 12s. They hadn't been making playoff runs, but they'd been in. Well, I mean, two years ago, they won 10 games and won their division. Yeah. And this isn't like NBA where winning your division really who cares. I mean, there's... You take away 2020, which was a screw year. They're four and 12. 2019, I think they won 10, and 2018, I think they won 11. They kept getting quarterbacks hurt at the time of the postseason, so uh, that was that was unfortunate there. But yeah, this is this is quite the deal as far as the shakeup goes. Yeah, four playoff trips for them since uh, 2015, but now shaking everything up. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Ah, the Hot Stove League. We got a trade, PK. The Red Sox moving Andrew Benintendendi to the Kansas City Royals. A three-team trade. Also involved the Mets. He was the final member of the outfield trio that helped Boston win their most recent World Series title. Yeah, left field. Uh, It's really remarkable to see the Red Sox go through a rebuilding Usually it's big money franchises that sell out every game, which obviously Boston does and has a great fan base. You don't see that. You see Kansas City doing that on the other end of it. But that's what we've got here with Boston. Nelson Cruz re-ups with the Twins one year, $13 million. Cruz is 40 now, but he's been playing well for the Twins. He hit 303 with 16 homers and 33 ribbies in 53 games last year. So it's about the most you're going to ask for. Home run every three games or so. So Cruz gets another $13 million and gets another year. I guess at 40, no long-term deals, right? I mean, it's going to be short-term at that point. Not unless you're Tom Brady. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Jazz are off tonight, so Joe Ingles is going to join us about uh, a little after 8.30 this morning, probably 8.35, 8.40, somewhere in there. So look forward to the Joe Ingles show coming up. Craig Bowlerjack, TV voice of the Jazz, will be here at 9.30 on 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. The Big Show, the Big show. with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. I like myself a good French fry with ketchup and mayo. I'm not talking about fry sauce. I'm talking about real mayo and real ketchup. Isn't yeah. that fry sauce? Uh, that's kind of what I was Te- thinking. Technically, I'm it not is. talking about spaghetti and meatballs. I'm talking about spaghetti and meat balled up. <laughs> Europe had it before fry sauce ever showed up here. Yeah. Bite your tongue. Fry sauce started here, sir, with yeah. Arctic Circle. We created fry sauce, and we will own that in perpetuity. Oh, they did in Europe we, first. It tastes different. Separate than in fry Sauce. Next thing you know, Gordon's going to tell us Brigham Young didn't say this is the place, but ah, this is good enough. <laughs> Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O' Tires. The team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Hot Takes and Toast brought to you by Jerry Snyder Cadillac. Check out the new bold lineup at Jerry Snyder Cadillac. It is definitely not your grandpa's Cadillac. All right, we got Joe Ingles coming up about uh, a little more than an hour from now, so stay tuned for that. We've got multiple questions to talk about this morning up on our Facebook page, DJ and PK. ESPN Story says Utah Jazz don't have a true superstar on their roster. But what about Rudy? What about Donovan? Aren't they true superstars? Your reaction. 
plenty of you weighing in on this. It's up on Twitter, David DJ James. Also on Facebook, taking more than 40 comments overnight. Andrew says, in the day and age, with one guy carrying the rest, the Jazz stand out as a solid team. Their style doesn't fit the modern narrative. I think there's some truth to that. What is the modern narrative? Get a star player, put Chris Middleton and some guys around him who you may or may not be able to name, and then let Giannis wow me with his athleticism. Okay, that's for sure. But then if that's the level, then what do we have? Three, maybe four superstars in the league? That is an excellent question. Well done by you. You know, the, and the, the whole TNT, they're stars, they're stars, but they're not superstars. You know, what, what is a superstar? You know, are all winners superstars? Are all superstars winners? I, I don't think they're, it's not the same thing. Like, was Duncan a superstar? Sure. He was a winner, but he was so, he just didn't like the spotlight. He didn't want to be interviewed. He didn't bring what Shaq brought. Now, they just handed the championship back and forth for the better part of a decade. One guy or the other won it, and then the other guy won it, and you know, back and forth they went. So, you know, but one guy wants to be in movies, and another guy just wants to disappear when the final buzzer sounds. Okay, what's that? So do you have to have anything? some sizzle to be a superstar? No. no. You just got to be one of the guys who's always first-team NBA. Before we have a debate on first-team NBA, we write your name down. Then we go on and have our debate because we don't debate you. That makes I think the league needs that. It, the league needs characters because this is entertainment. And Shaq, at his core, and still is for that matter, an entertainer. You know, his commercials, they usually are some form of lighthearted that make you at least smirk or chuckle, those types of things. He's always been, to one degree or another, some form of an entertainer off the floor and on the floor he spoke for himself and so I think the league needs that it needs people out front and but you don't need everybody now if everybody was like Duncan with his personality and disposition that would be bad for the league it needs quotable dudes Kobe I, I had when he was a rookie so he's like 17 18 years old I set it up with uh, Laker PR because I knew them when I used to work down in Los Angeles. And they gave me a one-on-one with him in the locker room, his rookie year, right? And I go in there, and he's sitting on the cement slab. And we sit down, he stands up, he shakes my hand, he greets me, looks me in the eye. I'm double his age, not quite at that time. But he just, you knew, all right, this guy, wow. I mean, I didn't know he was going to grow up or blow up to be that type of player, but I came away thinking, wow, man, this kid is something as far as his ability to speak for himself and articulate himself and and intelligent and all that stuff, and he proved that, right, for better or worse, and he did have the Colorado thing, which obviously was for worse, but the rest of the time, you know, he was a quotable machine, and people flocked to him, and you could build a league around that type of person, can't really dunk in off the floor but when you're making your point as far as that you know there's some validity to it but Donovan Mitchell I imagine if I was in LA and I had asked the Jazz when Mitchell was a rookie if I could have a one-on-one with him 
I probably would have come along, come away with the same type of impression that I had when I sat down with Kobe Bryant. He shook my hand like a man, and then when we were done with the interview, he stood up and shook my hand again. My guess is Mitchell would have had the same type of impression upon me that I had Kobe Bryant all those years ago. And so uh, that in that regard, man, he fits the superstar bill through and through. Because this kid, the way he handles himself and the way he talks, I heard you talking about it with uh, Gordon and Jake last night, you know, the quote, mature beyond his ears spiel. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's out there, right? He seems like he's an NBA's dream and certainly a Utah Jazz dream. It's like it's, and I use the word dream because sometimes dreams are too good to be true. (laughs) And it seems like he's too good to be true. So he's got all of that, but to be the superstar, you got to win. And I think what's really damaging the Jazz in debate, which at the end of the day doesn't matter because we're not dealing with a college football or NCAA basketball selection committee here. They'll win, they'll get whatever seating they get, and then they'll have to win four out of seven. So what everybody says doesn't really matter unless, I guess, unless it impacts their mental outlook and expectation for themselves, but I don't think that's happening. We can talk about that with Joe, I guess. They've gone out in the first round the last two years, and it's just hard to be a star in the NBA because so much of your NBA reputation, not all of it, but so much of it rests on the postseason. And it does matter whether you, you know, if you average 35 points a game in the regular season, uh, they're going to look at you different than if you average 22, you know. And if you average over 20 points a game in the NBA, you are a scorer. But even inside that group, you know, there's a group that's more special, and they are the superstars. And so Westbrook gets recognized as a superstar because he averaged a triple-double. Now, he hadn't gone very far in the playoffs lots of years either, but the Jazz, combination of being small market and going out in the first round two years in a row, that's why people aren't valuing him as superstars. If Westbrook's a superstar, then Mitchell is. I totally agree. And I, I, I've seen discussions where, is he as good as Russell Westbrook? I'm like, did you see that playoff series? Tell me which guy you'd take. Well, we're Come talking on. about Russell Westbrook now. We're not talking about him when he averages triple-double. We're talking about right, right. now. Sure. And but I even think, when he was averaging his triple-double, is it going to lead to winning? I mean, you're the king of yeah, don't tell me about the stats. Good. Tell me about the winning. I mean, Durant had left. So I didn't – I can't criticize Russell Westbrook for not winning at that point in his – career with the Oklahoma City Thunder the the team wasn't set up to win at a high level so I think you have to factor that in Russell Westbrook had no control over what Kevin Durant did so I'm going to knock Westbrook because Durant left Westbrook can only do what he can do so uh, I have to put that in perspective here uh, as far as that goes Uh, so I look at the Jazz right now and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not concerned with last year or the year before. None of that matters to me. It's right now. Is Mitchell a superstar? And to me, the answer is absolutely yes. Steve says, who cares? Let's win a championship first and worry about the label of a superstar later. Go Jazz! Exclamation Yeah, point. but we're in Salt Lake and we care very deeply what people perceive us we have so many folks you listen to the broadcast they're all not worked up but they're certainly mentioning and want it to happen Clarkson win sixth man of the year as that's somehow a crowning achievement so in our market 
we care about that stuff. And Locke, he playing that uh, promo on whose show? I, is it uh, the midday show with yeah, the besties, or is it the uh, the afternoon show where he's going through and somebody's list is bull bleep because they don't list Gobert as an MVP candidate until you get to 20 or whatever it was. So, And he's saying it so passionately. That's our market. We care about that stuff. For better or worse, we care about that stuff. Should we care? That's another discussion. Do we care? Resoundingly, yes. <laughs> Overwhelmingly. For decades now. Yeah. Not a new thing. To the point Frank Layden once tried to swat it all down with, we get plenty of individual awards. We get plenty of respect from the league. And then he listed them. You know, MVPs, executive of the year, on and on. Well, the franchise as a whole, but individuals maybe a little bit slow. I mean, yesterday, I got satellite radio on my phone. I turn it on. I want to see. Hey, Jazz moved to first team to 20 wins, if I'm correct. And they're talking about Derrick Rose coming off the bench. (laughs) You got to be kidding me, man. Nope. It was New York, baby. And Antonio Daniels. And they're spending an inordinate amount of time, and why in the last four and a half minutes of whoever the hell they played, Derrick Rose sat on the bench in his first game, and Daniels was arguing, well, some teams, they don't even let you play until your first practice. And I listened to it for about ten minutes, and then I went click. I'd rather listen to Dr. Laura and these poor, hapless women who call up to get berated by her. I find that highly entertaining. Do you really? Oh, yes. Because no matter what problem you have, she's going to turn it back on you. (laughs) Which really, and I don't necessarily have any problem, because if you've got a problem, don't look to XYZ to get yourself out of it. Don't don't call Dr. Laura. Try to find ways to get out of it yourself. But, oh, yeah. And these people just think that... uh, that she's going to solve it, and she comes. Uh, you come out of it worse off because she just <laughs> she's she's going to put you in the ring and beat you up. Wait a I second! Say. It's a heavyweight he an fight. Adi- put your he had an on. addiction problem. Did he have? Oh, I was listening the other day, and uh, <laughs> she, her husband or she uh, she was separated, and they, she hated him. Blah blah blah, and and the gal, Doctor Laura. Well, then don't have any contact don't have any contact don't have any contact and then she says the lady says after dr laura had said that like five times the lady says so uh i also work for him part-time you don't think i should do that then and it's satellite so she swears and it cracks me up (laughs) yes it's entertainment even this with these sorry problems I'm telling you, you turn on the radio or television today, it is strictly entertainment. People need to understand that. And maybe we wouldn't get all worked up about all this stuff. Well, they said this. Did you hear what Tucker Carlson said? Did you hear what uh, uh, Don Lemon said? And blah, 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 blah. Yeah, and did you see what paycheck they got? Ka-ching! <laughs> yes. I was, I was, I was actually... I don't know what I was watching. What is it? I was watching some show, and and I remember thinking these people didn't work in local markets. Go network and network. It's like why why go to a local market if you want that kind of paycheck? Just just go to New York and L.A. and throw yourself in. They don't get like ten years of experience. They they cash in right from the get go. It's like swimming in different pools. You know, you're not going to work your way up. Go for the gusto. 
Right. Lecture us and then rip the other side and you're good to go. Steve says, uh, or Dustin says, when the Jazz win a championship, they will be knighted superstars. Until then, these comments and opinions will continue. So the solution is easy. Smiley winking emoji, thumbs up, ring emoji, crown emoji. <laughs> Dustin f- speaks emoji. Formula is easy. Accomplishing that formula is very, very difficult. Ah, two different things. Good point. But even then... Uh, Detroit, when they won their... Uh, I was going right there. I was waiting for Does, does anybody yep. list them as no. a superstar? No. Cha- I mean, Chauncey, you can say, was Chauncey Billups a superstar? I mean, you got no. a network career out of it. There's some sizzle there. But when people talk about all-timers, they just skip right over him. Well, I don't even think he's barely... Even, he would never even be considered to right. be mentioned. Yeah. And I and and you can say, well, you got to back it up, but they had a great run of being in the Eastern Conference Finals. Oh, year after year, yeah. Yeah. And went to two NBA Finals and won one of them. Yeah, I, I don't know that the Jazz are going to – Mitchell's going to get that. Although, I, I think in my mind, I believe he will. Because he that, wants to put himself out there. That felt like a big, there. big – did you change your mind? Did you reorient yourself there? That's That was like – you went to – the Jazz won't get it, but he will. I question whether the Jazz as a whole can get it, so that's one thing. But then I look individually at a kid like Mitchell, and Mitchell wants to be out there, right? He's got no problem putting himself out there uh, social media-wise, right? He's an attraction. And so anything that's going on, I mean, boom, they had those knuckleheads up there somewhere. We talked about it off the air. Somebody decided they weren't going to have black history. And it's some private school. So we, I saw on social media. So then we label the whole state as racist. Mm -hmm. And it was 50 people in Ogden, apparently. I don't know where the school was, but you just said Ogden. North Ogden. And then the next day they changed their minds. Yeah. So, but the whole state's racist because. It fit the narrative. Two handfuls of people decided hey wait a second and then they changed their mind no that's not the right idea so they're we're all racist and and i'm racist everyone else is racist so uh and then but yet he interjected himself immediately as is as is overwhelming right i've got zero problem with anything he does that i support his right 100 percent. he immediately went to twitter and commented on that well mike conley doesn't do any of that he may believe or even believe stronger unless i'm wrong but i didn't see mike conley boom getting on twitter and immediately voicing this is outrageous unless i missed it i didn't see it so my point with mitchell is that he can handle himself on his own two feet very very well and and he's charismatic he is just, he's got it all. And media folk are going to be attracted to that. And he, most importantly, he has the game to back it up. So the Jazz, it's hard to overcome. But Mitchell can do it because he is the entire package. He's a sensational ball player. And we're not. Uh, clutch time. I don't consider hardly any regular season games. I don't care if it's the last five minutes, the last one minute, the last one second. 
I don't really consider that clutch time. So I don't draw upon statistically what they do in clutch time in the regular season. To me, that's like it's practically incongruent. It's got to be in the postseason. But when we see him in these games, the tighter, the better. He's not going to make all the shots. MJ didn't make all the shots. Uh, We know that. Uh, But, man, it seems like this guy rises to the occasion. So it's basically, if he's not going to be a superstar, then who the heck is? Because he has everything that defines what a superstar is at 24. Now, yeah, he hasn't won big at 24. But outside of three or four players in the history of the game, who's won big at 24? Uh, 24, what, the complete list would be Russell, Magic, Bird, and Duncan. You know, LeBron didn't, MJ didn't. LeBron didn't? At 24, no, he didn't have a title at 24. I didn't Uh, say title, I said one big. Uh, so I guess you had to find your, you know, the 2007, he would have been, uh, it would have been about 24, maybe a month by a year. He would have been about 24, he was in an NBA Finals, and they got Uh, swept. If you're winning the conference, I mean, I think that's winning Mm -hmm. big. Okay, then you can put him on the list. The now, other Steve guys Nash listed, was a friggin' superstar, wasn't he? And he never won the conference. Right, true story. Uh, MVP, multiple MVP, I think. I think yeah. he won two. Yeah, most players, most players that prime is you know, 27 to 32. That's where most of the winning gets done. And there's a, hand, a small handful of outliers. Right. So I'm not going to hold him to a standard that <laughs> and as just we a just handful went of dudes him, have reached right and as we just went through them uh they were all six nine or or taller too hey you're six feet and you're 24 good luck with that when did isaiah win how old was he was he pushing 30 uh yeah because he won an ncaa title at uh about 20 20. yeah and that would have been was that the 80 or 81 title somewhere in there i don't know it was yeah it was 80 or 81 it was after magic so yeah he would have been pushing he might not have been 30 but he would have been close uh-huh. So he's still got a long way to go. Yep. And look at look at him now, man. And I think all of us, no matter what you believe with his political opinions, and I've got no problem with what he wants to voice, I don't think to any degree. Now, that's just my opinion. You could argue with me all you want. It's everyone's, and I'm not going to change your mind, and you're not going to change my mind. But uh, the stuff that he says, and he puts himself out there, combined with this game that, man, man I, he's a must-see as far as I'm concerned. I, I consider myself fortunate that I'm getting to watch him play on my regular TV package, and I don't have to go searching for it. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Joe Ingles is coming up in less than an hour, about 45 minutes or so, right here on 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. David Locke, the play-by-play voice of the Utah Jazz. If we have the best record in the NBA and we have one player who is statistically more impactful than any other player on our roster, why isn't he talked about as an MVP? We go to the MVP ladder. Number one is LeBron. Fair. Number two is Joel Embiid. Number three is Nikola Jokic. Number four is Kevin Durant. I guess. He's been great. Number five is Kawhi Leonard. Okay, but this is where the bullcrap starts. Six is young. Seven is Paul George. Eight is Luca. Nine is Steph. Ten is Dame. Eleven is Jason Tatum. Other five more: Bradley Beal, Donovan Mitchell, Demata Sabonis, Kyrie Irving, Jalen Brunson. Watch the beeping game. We have the best record in the NBA. We're just not going to mention Rudy. He's just not going to make the list. Like seriously. 
Hans and Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ PK brought you in part by Davis Vision. Davis Vision's New Year's special continues through February. Save $1,000 off normal pricing now through the end of the month. Check them out now at davisvisionmd.com. All right, we got multiple questions up on our Facebook page. We're just telling you the one, and we'll get back to it later about jazz and superstars and what about Rudy and Donovan. We got another one up. League Directive says all NBA teams will play our national anthem before games in keeping with policy. Your new thoughts. Are they new thoughts, PK? Or are you just well, going to get the old thoughts? The reason why I put new thoughts is because I put the question up. We didn't get to it yesterday because the Jazz had the great victory over Boston the night before. But I had put it up uh, earlier in the day when it came to light that the Mavericks weren't playing the yeah. national anthem. So there was those comments. And then, as we know, yesterday it changed. They will do it. And Got so it. that's why I use the word new, because people would may have already responded to the fact that they weren't playing. So now that now they are going on. to play, yeah. they may, it may, it may or may not. I mean, your point being, maybe it didn't change anybody's mind as far as your, your thoughts when you first heard that they weren't going to play it. And now that they are going to play it, for some folks, the opinion that they had before might be still the same opinion that they have now. I don't know. Yes. Yeah. Greg Post, can we please just talk sports? I think this thread is becoming more political talk rather than sports. Greg, we will get back to sports in the next segment, but we're going to give this one segment. It seems like too big a story not to acknowledge it at all. But I totally agree with that. Let's, let's hit it for a segment, and then we'll get back to the Jazz, and, and then Joe Ingles will come over and come and take over, and it will be his show, and we will react accordingly. Rick says, does anyone know his reasoning not to play the national anthem? Yes, he didn't have any comment for uh, quite a while, at least by modern the speed of modern communications. I guess it was only a couple days. But he said he has no problem with the anthem, but he knows that the... I don't know if he said players, but I assume that's... I mean, it could be some people who work in the front office, too. But I I assume largely we, we default to players. That the players feel it doesn't represent them. You know, that the system isn't set up to represent them. Primarily policing, I would think, but other issues too. Education has certainly come up multiple times in this yeah. uh, national debate. All very important. Right. Uh, so that's his reasoning. You know, there are a lot of people who are upset by it. He doesn't feel like it represents them. Uh, there are people who think, uh, you know, you got, it's patriotism. It's the way we do things. And there's multiple people who posted, you know, keep doing it. But then we have one from Darren that says, I'm a veteran. And I think it's silly to play it before every game. Uh, yeah. Okay, fine. I mean, yeah, that's your opinion. So be it. Uh, to me, I like what Cuban said in that there's folks who don't think that it represents them. And that bothers me. That hurts me. Not that he's saying it, but that there's folks who don't think that this country and its foundation allows you the opportunity to go for that proverbial American dream. And that's where I think that we should have been able to have and hopefully we can have discussions and it's unfortunate for me this is my thought and you can disagree or whatever i mean i'm, I'm not going to try to convince anybody of anything i've learned long ago that who, who even knows if i'm right uh, i'm not even claiming i'm right uh but that's where i think that the kaepernick thing was unfortunate because it became yep such a hot button topic about patriotism now for me it is a way to honor 
the those who have served in the military because I've said repeatedly I didn't serve in the military and I haven't done a damn thing for all the freedom that I have I don't even deserve it for all the mistakes I've made in my life but yet I have it so that's a way for me to honor people and if you don't want to honor people that's your call uh, I would like discussion as to you know you brought up education and uh, back in not not here in Utah but now we're going back oh, 30 years now it's outrageous to think it's that long but I covered my high school assignment were, was South Central. So, you know, I've spoken how I've been to Dorsey and Crenshaw and Manual Arts and all those places. And my wife taught at Washington, which was right there. And she taught there for a decade. And, you know, we saw the issues that confronted people who lived in those communities. And they're real, real hardcore issues. And putting a sign in your yard is going to do nothing. Kenny Smith walking off that night on TNT, that does nothing. That's all symbolic, and symbolic is good, but it's got to be more. And so I would love to see real discussion. How can we get in those communities and help folks with better education and the opportunities? Because that's the way you're going to improve the quality of your life, unless you should be fortunate enough to be born into money, which I was not, and you can have that opportunity. I got out through education. And that helped greatly. And how can we help people to improve their situation? So I think there's a lot of good if we take the opportunity to allow this to be good to, that can come out of it. Stop with the lecturing. The lecturing is just, and the emotional stuff, it gets you nowhere. And believe me, I speak from experience a thousand times over with the screaming and yelling and emotional stuff. And I've made so many mistakes in that way. So I'm pointing zero fingers. But open our minds to another point of view. Let's not have if somebody puts something out there, you respond with, well, my day is ruined. And people who go to private school their whole lives. It just seems like there's a group of, uh, of people that want to lecture us and they've been born on third base. And it's almost like it's guilt that they want to lecture us on how another group should be when we really have no idea about that other group how can we help whatever group that is and it's not just african americans i happen to have a soft spot for hispanic people for you know obvious reasons i do and the struggles <laughs> that they go through all of us all of us well together. and you've talked about uh native americans oh my gosh and Arizona, you know such a tragedy yeah um but, I mean, you can go on and on. I've, I've heard about stuff because of a friend I've worked with, and, uh, and she married a, uh, a poly guy, and the stuff he's had to listen to in his own neighborhood, and she's told me, and I've known her for a long, I've known her literally for decades. And, like, when she tells me, with that look on her face, she's telling me the truth, you know? And, and stuff people say in the neighborhood is just so wrong. And, you know, they're now, I know people now, and I've heard their stories, and, you know, I've heard some of them from you, but I know people who are raising kids of different races, you know, and uh, Hispanic or African-American in three different states, in uh, my family, my wife's family, uh, and, and through you, in Utah and Arizona, or excuse me, not Arizona, you got, you got Arizona in my brain just because it's you, start again, Utah, California, and Hawaii, and the stories are remarkably similar, and some of them are horrifying, and obviously not all of them are, not everybody says and does those things, but enough people say and do those things and you see the impact it has on the kids and thank goodness in one case the kid was young enough that it just went flying over their head and they had no idea 
And I'd like to think that that didn't have an impact. But I don't know why people feel they need to talk to an 18-month-old in a grocery store like that. I mean, what are you doing? What are you doing? You know, looking at my sister-in-law saying, why don't you stick with your own kind? What? What? The 18-month-old is sitting in the basket. They're not running around the store. They're sitting in the basket getting pushed around the store. Why do you need to do that? So there is a strain out there, and a lot of us don't see it for a long time. I couldn't have guessed or predicted that conversation until I was told it. So, and, and that's out there, and it's this undercurrent running through everything, schools and work and voting and police, and I mean, we can go on down the line, you know, 50 different things. And so somebody who experiences that, especially when it gets into the whole law enforcement angle, not just policing, but the whole legal system. And if you're convicted unfairly, and you see these news organizations run these stories with people who've been released. And, and you see some of the stories about how they got convicted. And you're like, oh, well, no wonder they think what they think. I mean, if you've been locked up for years or in some cases decades or it's your family member or your friend. I, I forgot to tell you about this PK because it happened over a weekend. And, but there's a real interesting piece. You know, Bryant Gumbel does that real sports show on HBO. Uh-huh. I know not yeah. everybody has access to it. But if you can sure. find it online or something, it was so interesting. And for those of you who hate the politics and the sports and all that, it's like the one time you should give it a break and just do it. And, you know, maybe not on Friday night when you have fun, but, but you ought to watch it the coach of the Minnesota North High School football team. They do a long thing with him. An African-American guy who's a cop, whose dad is a cop, and is now a commander. I mean, he's way up in the, in the Minneapolis uh, police force. I mean, they're showing him in a command thing, you know, and he's in his uniform, and it's polished, and there's awards and brass and buttons all over. I mean, his dad's a big shot. And he's surrounded by all these screens and video and everything, you know, and they interview him. But it was so interesting, their view of what happened in Minnesota. It doesn't fit the simple narrative that we've all heard tossed around. And there's two or three simple ones. But it was so, you would love it because it's thought-provoking. And because this guy, how he was viewed as a police officer working in a school, which has been a big issue, what he thought actually happened with him as a police officer in a school, they interviewed his players, what happened when he was deployed the night of all the, the, the biggest night of all the rioting there? He went into that. The fact that, you know, it all stems from the death of George Floyd. Well, he knew both guys. He was a cop who served with that cop, and he had known George Floyd for 20 years. And it was so interesting because I felt like it really peeled back a lot of the easy stereotype and the easy yelling, like, what is it like for this guy to do this job and live in this neighborhood? And I could sit here and try to explain it, and I couldn't. I I would fail at capturing all the emotion that came across in that interview, but it was it was really well done, and the guy's really interesting. And there was plenty of sports in it. There was plenty of stuff about the football team and the bonds that got built, and they went into that too. So it's a good piece if you see it out there. All right, I don't think we solved anything, but there you go. Hopefully it gives you something to think about. We were never going to solve it in one radio segment anyway, right? Um, we got, we got everything from uh, anti-American to good for them. Uh, do, you, do you think the anthem, this was an interesting one, I hadn't heard this one. Jared, do you think the anthem would take on more meaning if it were played less for more special occasions? Um, so you can go to our Facebook page and, and read all of these. I, I thought it was a pretty good thread here. I didn't think there was as much yelling as hollering. Uh, pointlessly, as I expected when I saw the question. Um, I thought it was pretty good by our listeners right there. All right, DJ and PK, if you're just hopping on board, jazz, superstars, 
How come they're not getting more uh, more pub? We will get to that next, and then Joe Ingles is here in half an hour. Stay with us.